Welcome to the Mama Pachamama podcast. I am Vivian McKinnon, and today is a very exciting day. It is such an honor to have Dr. Melissa Sell on the podcast with me today. Dr. Melissa Sell is the go-to woman for everything German new medicine. Um, shout out to Emily Saldea from the Free Birth Society, who not only turned me on to Dr. Melissa Sell, but so many other women. Um, it is such an honor to have you here. I'm so excited to be here and for our conversation. Yes. Well, um, I thought it would be fun to do a very like basic intro to German new medicine because for most people, it's like, it's like just a brain explosion. They can't even handle it. So like a basic intro, but I love, I, I like absolutely love all of your content. Uh, your YouTube channel, Dr. Melissa Sell is just I've like watched many of the videos several times because I feel like <laughs> I watch them and then I'm like every time I go back there's something new I take from it so I would really love to point everybody to Dr. Melissa Sell's um, YouTube page and go watch her videos because it's great so if you want to give us like a brief inter introduction of German New Medicine. Sure yeah so this is holy, sacred, ancient wisdom about how the body heals is this discovery made by a German medical doctor following a tragedy. He lost his 17-year-old son, then he developed testicular cancer, and he went on to connect the dots between why cancer develops in the body. You know, we have a lot of different theories, a lot of different ideas in the conventional and the alternative health world about where does disease, where does, where does cancer, where does it come from? Why does it happen? And he figured out the map, the system, the specific reason that cancer develops in the body. And it's not an error. It's not a mistake. It's not a genetic problem. It's not because the body is walling off toxins. What's happening is it is a specific intentional survival adaptation that's programmed into our biology after we have in response to a shocking trauma. So something happens, we're caught off guard. We were not prepared for this. We did not expect it. It was highly acute. We felt all alone, isolated in this moment and boom, our body adapted to that thing that happened. And so in Dr. Hammer's case, he lost his son. And so the biological answer to losing your child is to reinforce the testicles, to make them more able to reproduce what was lost. And so he discovered that's the, that's the trauma, that's the shock. He connected it not just to an emotional um, upset in the person's life, but also he saw in the brain. He uh, re reviewed CT brain scans and he saw, ooh, there is, an, there is a circle, there is a spot that's measurable on this brain scan in the specific region that controls that organ. So he developed the first biological law, which is the psyche brain organ connection, which is there's a shock and all at once your entire being is impacted and you go into this ad adaptation in order to help you survive. And so he, he's found for each and every cancer and dis at first he thought this just applied to cancers, but then he found this applies to a wart. This applies to uh, a sinus issue, an eye issue, a sty, um, acne, every tissue adaptation, everything we think is an error, a disease, when you trace it back, you can find the conflict shock. So that is the big picture overview. It's just understanding the language of our symptoms and what the symptoms tell us about the experiences that we either had and resolved, or if it's a chronic thing, we are reactivating it. We're being reminded. So something like allergies, for example, it's not the eggs, it's not the wheat, it's not the artificial fragrance, it's not the substance, it's the experience that's tied to the substance in your unique nervous system. The body flags certain elements in our world when we have a trauma, and then when we come into contact with that thing in the future, the body reactivates whatever adaptation. So whether it's a skin rash or diarrhea, it's the body going back into that adaptation because it's being reminded of that unresolved conflict that's still stored in your psyche. So we use this knowledge to understand ourselves, to understand the people around us uh, so that we can 
find resolutions. And we find that a lot of this is pointing to places in our life where we're living out of alignment with our ancient biology, with the way our ancestors lived, because we live in a, in a society that's very divorced from nature, very divorced from biology, and it's kind of tailor-made for people to be chronically ill. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, beautiful. I think that's a perfect introduction. And I, I, I wonder how many people right now or when they get that kind of introduction have this really beautiful aha like I feel like it's like for me personally speaking it was an aha moment when I learned about German new medicine because I have I I'm pretty sure I've shared it on my past my podcast before but I have a story of this childhood illness where my shoulder my clavicle became really inflamed and I was in pain all the time and I healed it but I, no doctor, first of all, the doctors couldn't even diagnose what was happening with me. Of course, they wanted to do surgery. They did a biopsy. They thought it was a tumor. They wanted to put me on, you know, medication, all of this. And after a very, very long, long process, I've completely healed myself of this. And not only like my, my relationship at this point with it is that, that like, what a blessing in disguise. But I felt that way before I even learned about German new medicine. And I think that's like, how many people have gone through that exact experience where they're like, oh, I, this has been proven to me. And I just didn't even have the, like you said, the language for it or like something to point to. And if I said this to anybody, they would probably like look at me like I was crazy. Totally. People say that was how it was for me too, is that, and I'm a chiropractor, that's my background. And so I there is a deep philosophy behind chiropractic and it's all about innate intelligence and the body heals itself and the body is ancient and wise and the educated mind kind of came on the scene and thinks it knows what it's doing, but the body knows better. The body is wiser. And so that was my deep belief, but there were still pieces that were missing to that understanding that totally, when I read his, what Dr. Hammer discovered and the process he went through and how he, you know, tested again and again and again, this is how it works every time. It's a biological law. I was like, of course, this just fills in all of those gaps. I knew the body heals, it, heals itself. I know that the body does what it does for a purpose and a reason that the body does not work against itself ever. That, you know, the idea that the body would develop cancer or an autoimmune condition was already crazy to me before I knew GNM. But then when I discovered what he found, it was like, oh, of course. And people say that all the time from all sorts of different healing modalities and uh, schools of thought. They're like, yes, I knew this intuitively. I knew this. I didn't have the language. I didn't have the specific map. You know, people have been following like uh, Louise Hay and Bruce Lipton and, and people in you know, biology of belief. Oh, I get that, that my beliefs and my thoughts are impacting what's going on in my body. But Dr. Hammer took that and, you know, he went far beyond any other mind, body, psychosomatic connection. That's the, the, any other school of thought or work. He took it to the detailed biological germ layer, the endoderm, the ectoderm, the mesoderm, the actual tissue structures, the brain structures, the experiences of organisms. His, his map is the most detailed and I think the most accurate. Yeah. Yeah. What, and, and what, as you said that one thing I really thought about was like, how many times have we been told something by our, you know, our wise elders, right? Our, our elders are supposed to be like the wise ones that uh, give us their advice, but like, I can't even count how many things I've been told. <clears throat> For instance, um, I remember my mother-in-law one time explaining to me how like, no matter what you as a woman, when you reach a certain age, you will like, you know, sex becomes very uncomfortable. You no longer produce your own lubrication, you know, things like that. And I'm like, you know, how many women are being young women are being told things like this and then that they believe that in that like so talk about your experience with like when we're going into life with all of these beliefs you know uh you know this certain type of food is scary that you know people are giving themselves um yeah the the wheat allergy you know having this um yeah this relationship with food <laughs> but they're being told this this isn't even like actually something that they've experienced. What, what are your thoughts on that? 
Totally. I mean, I believed, I asked my mom, I was like, mom, why do I have acne? She was like, well, your dad has acne. I didn't have it. Sorry. And it was like, oh, so I'm just kind of cursed. Like I just got the short end of the stick. So I'm just, I just have, I have the burden of dealing with this thing, you know? And so some uh, women are young women are told you have to be on birth control to not have cramps. That's the only thing that they're told. And so they're like, oh, doctor says, mother says, I have acne because my dad had acne. There's nothing I could do about it. Um, you know, I tried all sorts of different things. And then, you know, I was like, oh, maybe it's not just because my dad, maybe it's my nutrition. And then I got on the nutrition bandwagon and cut all these foods out. And I learned, oh, these oils and this, this can cause inflammation. And that causes, you know, gut dysregulation. And it's the gut that's causing your skin issues. And so I, I, am, I followed all of these different paths. And at the time they made sense to me. You know, I just kept, I was on this continual progression of what makes the most sense. You know, for a while it made sense to me to douse my face in rubbing alcohol because I thought bacteria caused acne. So I did that. You know, and so we come through each of these different experiences thinking this is going to be the thing that fixes it. And then when it doesn't fix it, we're like, okay, back to the drawing board, back to the drawing board. You know, I did a raw vegan diet for 30 days in chiropractic school. I was like, oh, for sure. If I'm only eating vegetables and, and lots of fruit, my, of course my skin will get clear. Well, it didn't. And so I was like, okay, maybe it's not that. So I was just on this continual journey and most people are. You're finding things, you're being told things, you're believing those things. And then you're having experiences where you're like, hmm, maybe that's not how it works. And that's where so many people do end up on this uh, finding, uh, this healing knowledge after a lot of other things, after a lot of other um, dead ends and bad advice and uh, ideas and belief systems that just didn't get them the results they wanted. You know, that's the thing is it really, the proof is in the pudding. Are you resolving your issues? Are you living with great restriction? You know, do you have to, you know, walk on eggshells in your life in order to maintain balance because you believe that, you know, um, if they spray the skies today, I'm not going to be okay. And if I'm around EMF, I'm not going to be okay. And, you know, so we have all of these external fears. And when we have external fears, we have to, you know, live very controlled lives. We're not free. We're not comfortable. We're not relaxed, which, you know, can make it so that we have fewer symptoms for a period of time. But this really gets to that, that deep underlying, what is this really about? What, what does this symptom indicate about my psyche, about what's unresolved in my life? Um, but yeah, I mean, beliefs, the things that we have been taught from the elders of this of today, um, it's a lot of inaccuracies and they're just, you know, I think everyone is doing the best that they can. Um, I do think that the, obviously the medical system is skewed in a particular way so that we have particular beliefs about health. Um, we see that over the last three years, people have particular beliefs about where, you know, in, they, they think that there are infectious illnesses that you can cough on someone or just be in a room with someone and you can catch something from them. That most people, that's the majority of what people believe. That's, mm -hmm. it's, it's wild. It is, and you know, I'm really excited to, to share this podcast with people, with the people that I feel like I don't know how to explain to you that that's, they think you, I mean, they think it's like quacky, right? It, that, that like, when you see someone they're oh, stay away from me. I'm sick. I have symptoms. And I, and I, I'm always like, oh, it's okay. I don't care. Like, I'm not scared of that. And they're the shock on their face of like, how dare, you know, it's almost as if they're offended. How dare you not be scared? And I even have that feeling when, you know, my kids, when we're going to go to the park and one of my kids is like coughing a lot. And I'm like, Oh, I don't want to be that mom that's taking, even though I don't believe this, right? Like it's because culturally we all, like the majority of people believe this, that if you cough near me, you're going to give me your germs and I'm going to get sick. Mm, yes, they do. And they, and that, and the interesting thing is when we do, when you understand the thing that leads to what we call a cough or a cold, you can see how the perception of danger in your territory, if you think that other people coughing and breathing and sneezing near you is a physical threat to you, you have a territorial fear conflict and your bronchial mucosa adapts to that. Or if you're like, this stinks, what a rude mother bringing her children to the park. Now, now my kids have a cold. Now I have a cold. And you are so convinced that it was the particles that flew through the air and landed in your mucosa that caused this, um, this con this, uh, adaptation, or rather you're thinking it's a sickness, but what it actually is, is an adaptation to you having an experience of this stinks, or I'm not safe in my territory. 
which is how, you know, something like a scamdemic can be perpetuated. And we can see, oh, all these people, well, they are having symptoms. Well, why? What's the shared experience? What was everyone going through? Fear and what's happening? And am I safe? And who's got it? Who doesn't? Who's been tested? So much of that, we perpetuate the thing that we're afraid of. And to break out of that ideology, you really have to be able to be curious. Like if you're married to it, it's like a religion. Like you're not interested in hearing this podcast. You're not interested in another perspective. You say quack. I'm not, oh, you're questioning the germ theory. Come on. And you, and you yeah. are so certain you got to get a little uncertain about these things. You got to get a little curious. You know, mm -hmm. they did this study back in the like Spanish flu era, um, uh, the Rosenau study where they, they had people sneeze and cough and spit and like all of the fluids and onto another person. And the people in that study, they didn't, they weren't able to transfer the illness, supposedly this very virulent strain of, of, of the flu. How did that happen? How is it possible that some people didn't experience any symptoms over the last three years, despite allegedly there being this very, you know, this new virus being spread around? There are people that didn't get sick. How do you explain that? You know, we have to look at individual experience. We have to look at what did this person go through? You know, um, there were people I talked to during, you know, when all the scam stuff was going on and, you know, they're like, you know, I believe Janet, but, you know, I was around this person and then I did get it. And so they get a little wobbly and I go, okay, let's talk about your experience. And when we talked about her experience and her son's experience and her partner's experience and the friend, when we talked about all the different people involved, it was like, this is totally clear. It's not a bug. It's not a germ that jumped from one person to the other. There were experiences. There were things that happened. There's always things that happen. You know, when we kids in, in daycare, uh, a mother said, uh, it was a comment on Instagram. She's like, well, every time my kid goes to a party where there's someone that's sick, my kid gets sick. And she's like, this has totally convinced me that the germ theory is real. And it's like, well, are you interested in the experience of your child in mm -hmm. what happened at that party in those interactions? That's what I'm interested in. I want to know that deeper level, not simply person A was by person B. Same thing with STDs, you know, or like supposed STDs that so much more was going on than just skin touching skin. There were emotions and experiences and a whole um, interaction that we're not taking into account. We're just looking at particles jumping from person to person. Um, and we got to be able to get more curious to look beyond that in order to even entertain a new possibility for why people actually develop sickness. Yeah, I love that. And in, in, um, one thing I have written here in my notes is I want GNM has, okay, so part of my healing journey, and I know you've heard this talk about a lot is the inner child healing, right? That's what I think like so much of a person's healing is going through and kind of unpacking all the inner child trauma and wounds and healing through that. Um, I've been on this beautiful journey, healing the inner child. And one thing that I love about German new medicine is it totally satisfies the little Vivian who's like, wants to be a detective and figure things out. And I feel like German new medicine brings um, playfulness into like, I mean, I can't tell you how many friends that have recently also gotten a German new medicine and someone shows a symptom or something happens and it's kind of like, Ooh, what in my life? You know, there's like a, there's kind of like this detective playfulness that's become really fun. And that reconnection with the inner child, I think is like this like double medicine that happens. Cause we're like doing this work, but then we're also, yeah, reconnecting with the part of us. That's like, I, I know that I like, I know like this, this is stuff that like we can figure out. It's fun and interesting to figure out. Like it's interesting to my son to go to a party and come back and have a symptom. And then, Hey, like, did something happen? Like, did you have a fight with your buddy? Like, you know, how are you feeling? I mean, these are all like, they're signs. They're beautiful signs that are like, Hey, check me out. Look, I'm showing you what went on. And especially with our children who often don't know how to like verbally communicate certain experiences or maybe feel, you know, might feel hesitant or whatever those for the parents and us that are like observant of that, we see these signs and then we're able to connect and, and kind of get to the bottom of it and help them heal through it. 
Totally. Just this morning, I got a message um, on Instagram from someone who just follows me and has been applying this knowledge in her life. And she's like, yeah, my 16 year old daughter has been coughing up mucus for the last five days. And she's like, did you, I guess the, the, um, the child almost, or recently the young person just got their uh, driver's license. And then and the mom was like, did you like almost get in an accident or something? Because you had a death fright conflict. I know. Cause you're coughing up mucus. <laughs> And then the daughter was like, no, but uh, I guess the other day the dog had run out of the house and almost got hit by a car, like really nearly. So the the girl had a death fright conflict on behalf of the dog because the dog almost died, you know? And so, and, and the mother, and she's like, she was so grateful. She was happy that she didn't get told right away. So that this whole kind of detective process of, hmm, what's going on here? I know you had uh, a death threat conflict based on the symptoms that you've been exhibiting, you know, did you almost get a car crash? What, what is it that happened? And so this whole thing came out, like you said, you can decode, it's this detective work, it's this curiosity of, hmm, what is it that happened? My partner, um, you know, this was a, several months ago, I, I was in here doing a session and I heard him out there sneezing like intensely, like seven or eight, like really loud, hardcore sneezing. And I was like, okay, stink conflict. And later on when we talked about it, he was like, yeah, you know, I don't really know. I was like, what, you know, did I annoy you? What, something really stunk to you uh, in order for you to have that healing crisis of that many sneezes. Um, and as he was saying it, he was picking something up off the counter, which was like this tongue scraper he had had for 10 years that broke that morning when he used it. And he was like really shocked by it, but it, it was a, it was a stink pond. He's like, this stinks. I didn't, you know, it was like a sudden thing that happened, but that's what it was. And, it, and it's just, it's funny. It's delightful. It is, it's playful. It is this childlike, um, you know, what is it that happened? Why, why are you itching? Why are you having this symptom? You can, um, instead of being afraid of it, because that's the alternative is, oh no, what's wrong with you? Oh no. Are you sick? Did you catch something that this mother knew? You, you experienced a death rate conflict and you resolved it. You're coughing up mucus. Let's talk about it. What is it that happened? You know, and that is a, a way to deepen our connection, exactly. deepen understanding, and most of all, not be afraid of symptoms, not be afraid. Oh no, this means I caught something. This means, you know, I have to go into the doctor. I'm going to need to, you know, take a prescription or take an antibiotic. I mean, that's the old medicine. That's the old way of doing things in this way. We, we are detectives, we're curious, we connect dots, and we learn about each other. Yeah, absolutely. That, the conventional thoughts on, on, on sickness, sickness and healing is just that. It's like outsourcing, you know, like, like, I don't know, I'm a victim. It's also like victim mindset, right? So I don't know, I'm a victim of, you know, that person that walked by me at the grocery store who sneezed and... And then that's it. And there's disc and then there's disconnect. Cause it's like, well, I don't want to be close to you. I want to get sick, which further drives like the issues, right. Or you're adding on to the issues. Cause now a child feels isolated because everyone's like, oh, stay away from me. You might be sick. Um, and then, you, yeah, you have this other side, which is beautifully that it's like, I, I, I have no problem embracing you and let's talk, let's deepen, let's like build this trust. Like think because sometimes things happen we rush through it like the you know the story you just told of like the girl with the dog like she didn't think to tell her mom but you know sometimes we rush through these experiences and having these moments you know for a for a parent to have the awareness and then come and say hey did something happen and then the daughter to be able to be like well actually yeah I didn't tell you about this and then there's the resolution around you know maybe she was holding on some um you know, fear, like, like guilt or something. And a mother can then at that point come in and say, you know, mistakes happen and these kinds of things. And the reason I'm bringing that up is because, um, I have four sons, my eldest is eight and I just have made so many mistakes as a mother. And I speak on it a lot because I know a lot of mother, you know, we all, we just, we do, we make mistakes as mothers. Um, but one thing that I have been witnessing is in that German new medicine, like it lights me up because so many of the mistakes I've made were healing through, like just through, through this lens, like through the German medicine lens, there's, there's just like this different approach. And all of a sudden there's like awareness, there's, you know, the, these conflict resolutions of like, we're, you know, I'm even, I can tell, even if my son doesn't understand like the words if he doesn't fully understand, he feels like he's feeling the energy when I go to him and I say, you know, I, I behaved this way with you when you were little and, and I didn't know any better. And I, you know, and 
that's not how I'm going to show up for you anymore. For now on, we handle it like this. And I've been like truly witnessing my son like heal through these mistakes that I made or through the conflict around these mistakes that I made. And I just think for so for for mothers to get this information and you know not carry the burden of wow I really fucked up because I think that's what you know we we do we carry that as mothers when we can look back and say wow I did this I did that what are your thoughts on that Oh yeah and that's the thing is you you know the the greatest gift you can give your child is not to be a perfect mother because your child isn't going to be a perfect person they're not going to do everything perfectly but they're going to have things that happen that you're like, oh, I could have done that differently. And they're going to need to learn how to respond resourcefully to having screwed up. And so as a mother to model that for your children, hey, I screwed up that, that these things do happen rather than they can't know that I did anything. You know, I, I know parents that, that do that, that they can't admit any wrong because they feel like that's just a floodgate. If I admit one wrong, then we're going to have to admit all the wrongs. And that's just something that they can't psychologically bear. Um, but to have that that open, hey, I'm a human. I'm figuring things out as I go. I've screwed screwed things up, and you know, I, I see how that's caused conflict for you. And I just want you to know that I'm sorry. I'm learning, and that gives them that permission. Oh, humans can do something and not be proud of it and wish they had done something different. And then, but there's always a remedy. There's something I can do. This is fixable. This is work withable. That's a a radically resourceful attitude to pass on to your children. And that's the greater gift than being perfect, you know, than, than never doing anything wrong. That's like, you know, that just builds and heightens the sense of, oh, my mom's perfect. So I have to be perfect. And then there's this embarrassment and shame if I do anything wrong and I don't want her to know because she's so oh, glorious and perfect. And it's like, no, it's, it's, it's better this way. It's better to kind of, you know, get your knees dirty and to have the experiences and then show them this is how we clean the stains out of our jeans after we get grass stains. It's like, that's, that's the, the better life skill is that adaptability, that communication. Um, and, and yeah, I think that that is a beautiful thing, especially for mothers. I mean, I love all of the, like mostly women that are drawn to this, this healing knowledge that they are, you know, kind of taking it up for their family where they, they, you know, and that's the ideal is that there's one person, not everyone wants to learn about the endoderm and the mesoderm, but we need a go-to person in every family in every community that you can go to and say, Hey, I've got this going on. And you get some wise advice for them from them that they can give you, Hey, this is the conflict. This is what's happening. Here are some suggestions, some solutions, some ideas. Um, and, and that's the beautiful way of the future. I think that in communities, we're going to have, you know, a wise person who knows the knowledge, you know, that, that, that is able to give you the advice that you need in order to make that resolution in order to get that sense of, Oh, this, this, this piece in Germany, um, in the Germanic tradition, that's like the Germanic, Germanische Heilkunde, this uh, Germanic healing knowledge, um, the Germanic people, they had this thing called the thing. And it was this gathering of like everyone where you could voice what was going on, you know, problems in the community, conflicts that were going on, and you can come up with solutions. So everything about uh, the Germanische Heilkunde, it's about brotherhood, it's about sisterhood, it's about families, uh, communities, togetherness, finding resolutions, living in this harmonious nature that, I mean, and that's like this beautiful kind of philosophical essence of this work. It's so much more than simply the mechanics of how the body works. It's a, it's a deep and rich philosophical perspective on how to live um, and how to parent and how to community and how to, you know, live with one another. And it is in the spirit of harmony, because we don't realize how these things are affecting us and our children. There's a, a you know story of um, a child who I guess his father owned a, a small shop and a um, a big corporate store was being put in down uh, down the road and the father was saying we're gonna starve we're gonna starve we're gonna and and the child literally had a starvation conflict from hearing the language that his father is like oh we're gonna starve and you know we just don't realize how you know you're saying it symbolically like you don't mean you probably hopefully didn't literally think that your family is going to starve to death because this other store but you were experiencing something but you didn't realize how impactful that language was for the child that was listening to you but you know when you know this knowledge you communicate differently you use different language you express yourself in ways that you know is less likely to initiate a trauma a conflict shock but even still that father 
he didn't mean to cause a conflict in his child. It wasn't intentional, but that's where we all have to, you know, take responsibility for the words we use and then, you know, remedy, fix it when we find that, oh gosh, how I communicated that caused a conflict in you. Let's see what we can do about that to create harmony once again. Yeah, I love that. That makes me think of, actually, my husband is the one who turned me on to whenever anyone's showing symptoms. He was always like, I don't like saying that I'm sick. Like, I just, that does not resonate with me. I'm not okay with that. So now we're always like, I'm healing. I'm healing right now, which is actually what's happening, right? Um, But okay, I have, so I think a really fun thing to do would be, what would you say are like the top conflicts that you hear people talk about because I, th- I think maybe giving like a little bit of like spe- specificity like that might be fun and interesting well lots of separation conflicts lots of skin stuff eczema psoriasis rashes um that you know so separation is a big one um lots of in, in children self-devaluation very 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 common so that's the aches the pains the bones the connective tissue um those ones are really common. Water retention, the isolation, abandonment, um, refugee, those are the ones that you know are very important to, especially with the water retention, because that's what accelerates and intensifies any other healing phase that anyone's dealing with. If you have water retention while your body is healing the lungs, healing the skin, that area is going to swell up and increase the pressure, increase the pain. So working with um, resolving isolation, abandonment, existence conflicts is is super important. So those are, I'd say, yeah, some of the top three, separation, self-devaluation, and the water retention conflicts. Yeah, interesting. Um, The self-devaluation, I was listening to one of your videos yesterday, and you explained how the self-devaluation will start, like a a minor self-devaluation will start more like in the lymphatic system and then the deeper like the heavier it is it'll go move to the bone yeah so there yeah it's the degree the the body is very specific in in what tissues get adapted in response to the intensity uh the severity of a conflict and so yes the bone that's the deepest self-devaluation that's like you know the the heaviest the most severe and then we can have lighter ones we can even have an aesthetic devaluation where you're like i don't like the way my legs look and like the fat tissue will you know so it's not the bone you're like i don't look good here you know, that isn't going to go to the bone, it goes to the fat tissue. So yeah, the, the body is specific and, you know, which tissues are adapting to the overall experience that you're having. Yeah. And, uh, okay. So one thing that I, I really, I'm curious about and really interested in is, um, and I know I've, I've heard you talk about it in the video, but it's the idea that sometimes the way we resolve conflicts is by coming to like, by like just coming to accept the situation. I think that's really fascinating. Like it doesn't, the situation doesn't even necessarily have to change. Say you're in a, in a situation that you don't like the situation itself doesn't have to change, but we can resolve the conflict through like changing our perspective. I'd love for you to talk about that. I find that so fascinating. Definitely. So a conflict is resolved when it can't happen again. When, and this is how like kids grow out of allergies is that, you know, you're in your family home and you were grounded or your parents had, you know, certain control over you and you didn't like it and you were resistant against it and you wanted to separate from it or, you know, it stunk to you. And so like, if you had allergies in your family home, then you go off to college or you leave the house and you're just like, oh, I'm free. You grew out of the allergy. You're like, I used to have allergies to grass and this and that, and I'm fine now. It's because what happened then can't happen now. You're free. You're no longer under 18. You're no longer under, you know, your parents. Um, you, they can't tell you what to do. And so that is what happened then can't happen now. And so with our conflicts, we have to see if if I have a chronic conflict, if something is has tracks and I keep reactivating it and I keep having this symptom, it's because whatever the first conflict was, the original thing that started off this adaptation program, the body's like, this could still happen. <laughs> this, this is not put to bed. This is not fully resolved. It's kind of, it, it could happen again. So the thing is, is what can I do to change the situation so that it literally can't happen again? Can I make the practical shift? And we always want to look for practical changes first, especially with children and animals, um, because they can't, you know, the them, you trying to get your child, your two-year-old to change their perception of you going to work 
is just not going to work. <laughs> they, they don't get that. They're not able to comprehend and change. Oh, mommy needs to do this. And this makes sense. And she's going to be back in six hours. And it's like, no, that's not how it's, you need to be with that baby. That's going to be the resolution to that conflict. Um, but then, you know, when you have that cognitive ability, when you can look at, you know, your life and your circumstances and what's happened to you, like, yes, it, no longer resisting, no longer um, being in a state of, um, anger, frustration. It's like, this is actually a choice. I can choose a different way of looking at this. Can I see this differently? Can I look at, you know, my body different? Can I look at my symptom? That's really where I have to start with people, especially if you've had a chronic symptom for some time, the resistance to the symptom itself is keeping you in a vicious cycle. So if you can accept it, this is what I'm dealing with for now. This is temporary. As long as I stay in awareness and notice for when I move back into the conflict. So just acceptance in and of itself. That's why this map is so brilliant is that just by knowing that this symptom doesn't mean, oh gosh, I'm never going to get over this. I'm never going to be okay. I'm never going to be able to eat normally again. I'm never going to be able to travel. I'm never, you know, we tell these stories when you know, oh, this is because of a conflict, that conflict's unresolved. It's being reactivated by tracks. When I pay attention to the tracks, I can eliminate the tracks. When I resolve the original conflict, this can be gone forever. I know that there's a way out of this. That realization that there is a way out of this, that, that other people have resolved things like this before. That's why the stories and testimonials are so powerful because it's like, oh, if she did it, I can do it. If I, you know, someone just recently, um, in my class I teach on Monday, she's had a psoriasis for five years and she, you know, the symptom had never gone away for more than a week, but she did the work and she had this moment, this connection where she really, she's like, I'm a different person. Like I'm not with those same people. I'm never going to be in that same situation again. What happened then literally cannot happen now. She built that, that connection and she felt like electricity in her body. And she was able to like move this electricity around and she, and the symptom is gone. And she is not, she's not felt before she would feel it kind of starting back up again, but she, she eliminated it because, and that was, it was simply because of something she did in here. You know, she, she changed her attitude. She made a connection. She realized something she didn't before. And that's like, yes, everyone can do that. You can do that. And you don't need anyone to help you. It's, you know, sometimes it's helpful to have someone to bounce ideas off of, uh, or to ask you questions to kind of pull things out of you that you hadn't thought of before. But all of this work is stuff that you can do by yourself, that you can learn and become this detective of your experience. Um, yeah. So these perspective shifts, acceptance, using some of these, these tools of inner transformation is how, that's really what my approach is with people. It's like, let's learn the science, let's understand how this works, but then let's apply it to how we operate in our world and how we speak to ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, oh man, that's, you just hit me right in my heart with all that. Cause everything I'm always talking about on, um, uh, you know, social media and everything is always like the self-love, the self-care. Um, okay. So a really great example of what you just, you gave the psoriasis story. And I've done a podcast episode on this because it blew my mind. I've had cold sores since I was three, since I was three, I've been dealing with cold sores and was, you know, I, oh, it's just when you break down, like the whole psychology behind it of like, you become embarrassed, everyone's staring at you. And then you have everyone saying, don't touch me, don't get near me because you can spread it. And like what's happening internally when someone goes through like having a cold sore and going through, through this for so many years. And then once I started diving into the German new medicine perspective of cold sores and like, okay, I see, I, I don't like fully understand the science behind it, but that's what's cool is you don't necessarily have to because all I know is that the next time I started feeling a cold sore coming on, instead of feeling this self-hatred, which is what usually would happen, I started feeling this love. Like my body's telling me something. It's, it's like, it's letting me know that in my subconscious mind, not in my conscious mind, there's something going on. And then I started doing this thing where, so anyone that gets cold sores knows that you get like a tingling sensation where the cold sores, where you're going to have an outbreak. And I started doing this thing where when I would feel that tingling sensation, I would put my finger over it because of the, it's like, you're either being touched when you don't want to, or you're receiving touch that you don't want. 
So I always, and my whole thing is like, we're self healers. We heal ourselves. Right. So I'm like, I'm my own healer. My fingers heal. So when I would start feeling that tingling sensation, I would put my finger over the spot where I would feel that tingling sensation. And I would just like, you know, mantras or affirmations or just like tuning into my body. Like what's going on here. I've got you like, you know, yeah, just that kind of moment. And ever since I have not gotten an outbreak, even the times where like the tingling so intense and I'm like, oh, I don't know if it's going to work this time. I have not gotten a cold sore outbreak and the, the joy, I mean, you can see it in my face, like the joy of being like, I didn't even fully understand the science behind it. All I know is that the intention was there. And I think sometimes it's as simple as like, are you like, how are you showing up for yourself? And that can literally be the shift. Totally. That's amazing. I love that story. And I, I know like with acne with the, you know, cause that's feeling attacked, feeling soiled. That's was the, the main thing that I used to deal with. And now I can feel, I know when my body is adapting, building that shield. So the program that you were mentioning with the, um, so like a, a sore on the mouth, the tingling, we've got tissue loss during the separation conflict. I don't want this touch or I do want this touch. There's loss of tissue during the active conflict. And the whole purpose of that is to numb the area. We want to numb, there's memory loss associated with it. So it's losing cells, we're digging a hole, and then we fill the hole back up, which is the outbreak, the, you know, what we call the sore. That's the healing phase after the tissue breakdown from the separation conflict. So that's like this, this sensation you're experiencing is that you were exposed to a conflict track and your body was going back into that adaptation. And so by bringing your conscious presence, awareness, your touch to it with this, this piece and all is well, and my body heals itself. And I don't, you know, this is nothing to worry about rather than whatever, you know, if you had stepped on that track and stayed on it, that whole adaptation, you would have had the full breakout, but you, you noticed it. And that's why you have to be aware. We have to notice, be present enough to pay attention to these sensations. Cause normally we're just rushing through life and things are happening and you know, we're, and it's like, oh gosh. And like you said, you feel the feeling and then you get an immediate disappointment and oh no, and shame and oh gosh, I'm going to have to be dealing with this. And I had this thing next week and I hope it's gone by then. And, you know, and so when I feel something, when I have that, I know I'm in an adaptation, I bring presence and awareness to it. And this is okay. And this doesn't, this isn't gonna come to the skin. This isn't even anything. My body's already healing it. It's already receding. It's already going away and nothing happens. And it's the coolest thing. So I know so cool. yeah, people don't realize like, this is like, it's magic. I mean, and I'm, I'm like, so I love the mystical element of, 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 of life. I'm like, I, I go deep into that, but also, you know, the, the, the science and, and all of that's interesting, but I feel like this is such a beautiful, like merge of the two where everyone who, you know, there's just, there's so many things that we've touched on today where I'm like, oh, this will really lend itself to like the people that are on the more like mystical side of it, which is, that's so fun. <laughs> that's probably why women are very drawn to it. <laughs> Yeah. And it is, but it is, it's, it is. And what, what is it to be alive, to be in this fleshy body that built itself from, from scratch that is running itself. I don't even need to think about it. My body is running itself. I don't even need my, you know, I've, I've got this thing called intuition that tells me what to do at different moments. And it's, and it's led me to these perfect and beautiful life is magic. The body healing, it is, it's this magical, but there is this, and, and that's, you know, it's science, it's math. Um, but math also, it's like, it's amazing. It's all, and it, and it is, it's magic. And I, I love that. And I think that um, anyone from whatever angle you're coming from the strictly scientific, from the mystical, magical, it's like, it all kind of meets here mm -hmm. in brilliant wisdom because it's all the dimensions, it's all the parts and it's all the pieces of, of how beautiful it is to be an organism that can heal itself. Yeah, and it's like structured, but messy, which is like, you know, cause it's like, it's not, you know, it's like the, I just think of like, uh, what's coming to my mind is like the conventional, like you go to the doctor and like the doctor is not asking you any questions that will help you like, like resolve anything at the root. You know what I mean? Cause it's like, of course, that's like this just, you know, boring structure. That's, you know, the, the bandaid, it's not the, the deep rooted healing, but the, yeah, this approach is like, it's kind of messy. You might have to untangle some things that feel a little bit uncomfortable and that, okay. So I'm going to segue into, um, self-awareness is like, 
it's everything. Obviously, you know, you have this beautiful, would you call it a school that you run? Awareness school, yeah. Awareness school. I'm your videos, all of your videos, but I the awareness school videos are amazing. I highly suggest like if you feel called to getting to know yourself better, your uh it's your partner, you run the school <laughs> with your partner, and you guys both have a great dynamic. You're obviously both. I, I like I said, I rewatch the videos often because every time I feel like I pull a new piece. And um, yeah, I love, I just love that you you come from, you said that you were doing self-awareness work before you even learned about German new medicine. And I find that to be really fascinating because you must have been like, you discovered German new medicine and you're like, oh my God, my work is like, per like my path is so clear now. <laughs> Totally. That's exactly how it was, is that, um, you know, because we started in chiropractic and kind of doing lifestyle uh, changes, like let's change the way you eat, let's change the, you know, the products you use and detox and get adjusted and work out. And it was very just like active lifestyle change, sort of rah-rah life um, transformation. That's how we, uh, did it. And, but then, you know, for myself, I was doing all the right things. If you followed me around for a day, you'd see me eat perfect foods and wake up early and exercise. And, but I had a lot going on <laughs> behind the scenes. I was anxious on Sundays. I was causing fights with my partner. I had all this inner stuff that wasn't getting addressed by simply doing the right things and eating the right foods. And then, you know, after three years in practice, I was like seeing that in my patients where it's like, okay, here we are. We're back in the same spot. We're dealing with the same thing. We did the 30 day challenge. We, we, we got new groceries. We, you know, you, you're showing up and it's like, but there's stuff that were, was not being addressed by simply changing our behaviors um, externally. And so I had to start looking at my internal behaviors. And there was a whole journey I went on with my partner and our relationship for, you know, like having to look at what am I doing? What am I thinking about? What's going on in here that's creating my experiences? And, um, you know, I was very dogmatic. I was very rigid in my thinking. I, you know, I thought in ways that did not serve me, but I had no idea that I was thinking in ways that did not serve me until we started doing this work. And so we kind of developed this whole process for helping a person to wake up up to their perception and their perceptual faculty and the fact that the way I'm experiencing the world isn't the only way I could be experiencing the world. So we, we were doing that, but there was a calling in me that's like, there's a bridge here and I don't know what it is. I don't know where it is, but there's something that connects us directly to, because I was really passionate about my chiropractic work and health and helping people to get healthy. That was like a big thing that I enjoyed doing. Um, but then in 2017, when I stumbled across you know, Dr. Hammer's work, I was, I was listening to a podcast about magnesium supplementation. And the lady just randomly mentioned Germany medicine and moved on. And I was like, what is that? I've never heard of that. And like, it was the bridge. It's the thing that connects the, the self-awareness work, understanding my perception of the world. Like, what is it made out of? Why am I the way that I am? Why does what trigger me trigger me? Why do I feel the way that I feel when this or that happens? And if I can start studying my reactions, studying how I respond, the thoughts that come up when my heart starts racing, my hands go cold, when I get, you know, insecure, something happened there. <laughs> and if I just take it for granted that this situation makes me insecure, when my, you know, partner is talking to another, I just get insecure. And it's like, no, you don't just get insecure. Something's happening behind the scenes. There's a story you're telling yourself. It's a trauma that's linked to something that happened to you with another person that's being activated right now. And if I'm not aware, I don't see, oh, I'm kind of doing this for no reason. There's nothing to be concerned about. You know, this isn't, this is an old problem that's kind of hijacking this moment. And if I let it, I'll be hijacked and I will be triggered and I'll be insecure. And that could lead to a self-devaluation conflict, you know, that leads to a symptom later. And I'll never make those connections. I'll never know. Oh, why do I have a headache today? Oh, I don't know. I just get headaches. My mom got headaches. So I guess I just get headaches. It's like, no, you had a self-devaluation when your partner was talking to your friend. And for whatever reason, you have a trigger when anyone that is your partner talks to another person of your sex, you get, a, and it's like, oh. I did that. I had that reaction. I have control over that reaction. It didn't happen to me. I'm not cursed. I'm not a victim. And so that's where the self-awareness piece comes in is I had to see myself making these connections, feeling these insecurities, telling this story, reactivating stuff from the past outside of my awareness. It just happens. 
but inside of my awareness, I have control over it. And I can, I know that this is a different, that's a different person. I'm in a different relationship. I'm at a different age and stage of my life. This things are different now. What happened then isn't happening now. I'm safe. I'm okay. This doesn't have to be a conflict. No headache, no problem, no, no adaptations. I'm good. But without the awareness, we we aren't able to catch those moments and to see what's happening behind the scenes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this is <clears throat> this is like my bread and butter. This is like I could talk about this forever because it's I, I like one thing when it comes to self awareness. I think when you when you start dosing yourself with self awareness, you also really have to start dosing yourself with self love and and compassion and tenderness because we all have our cringe, right? Like we all have, you know, I've listened to some of the stuff you said in your videos. I'm like, Oh, I relate to that. And I just like thinking back to like, you know, my bratty outburst, my bitchiness, whatever, all these moments and, and, you know, these learned behaviors or these uh, ways of reacting to things and just living it out because we've normalized it for ourselves or maybe our family has normalized it or culture has normalized it. And then once you develop the self-awareness, it's like, oh my God, how am I showing up? Like, this is how I'm showing up because most people don't want to, like they're, they're, they're disassociated. They, that they're, or in denial, I suppose. They they don't want to have that awareness. They don't want to see how toxic they might be showing up, right? So when you start becoming aware of it, there's like this beautiful piece. And I think the, the self-love, then you can be kind of going through the German new medicine healing of like, you have the self-awareness and then you're showing up lovingly and tenderly with yourself as you realize wow, everyone has experienced me in this like really grumpy, bitchy way my whole life. And, you know, I don't want to be that anymore, but it's important for me to like, be honest with myself that that's how I've been and, and just kind of start pulling apart. Like, why, like, why have I been this way? Or like another thing that I've come to realize with myself is I used to tell God, and this isn't old, this is like up until a few years ago, I always had this story of like, I just want people to understand me. I just want to be understood. I just want to be understood. Little did I know, it's like, I really just wanted to like understand myself. I'm just like projecting this onto everyone else and angry at everyone else who like hasn't figured me out. But the truth is like, I didn't even know myself at all. Of course I'm feeling this way. And so much of it comes back to that. So the, the self-awareness and the self-love are just like, you know, hand in hand. And it's so, it's so fun and it's so beautiful. And I think the storytelling is, is, is medicine for other women to just hear, you know, hear women speak on this or, you know, anyone's sharing their stories of, of this. Yeah. Yeah. The self-love and, and it is, it's having compassion for the version of yourself that didn't have the resources. It's like, I didn't know any better. I was responding and reacting from this very wounded place. And I didn't realize how that wounding was projecting onto everyone around me and affecting everyone. And I, I literally, I, I remember telling Steve, I was like, this is just the way I am. <laughs> I'm like, this is, I'm crazy. I have problems. This, <laughs> I, I literally said to him, I was like, take it or leave it. And he, you know, he's brilliant and so wise and so just the way he is. And he's just like, no, that's not, this isn't just the way, like, and, and he just knew that there was a whole realm of possibility for me to, to understand that I don't have to be this way, you know, just because I had, you know, a uh, ex relationship where I was cheated on that I don't have to be perpetually insecure and have jealousy issues and problems. It's like, that's, that's not a thing that you are. That's a thing that you're unconscious that you're doing. And I, I had to see, oh, I'm doing that. I'm, I have to retell the story. I have to have an identity, a self-concept of, of I'm a person who this has happened to. And so now I'm on guard and I have to act this way in order to keep myself safe. And I was buying that story. I bought it. I was like, oh, I basically have license to be you know, like helicopter girlfriend, because I had this thing that happened to me. And it's like, oh, that's not actually true. And it's not serving me. And it's just an identity that I, a role that I've taken on because of experiences. And as I develop my self-awareness and I see, oh, I don't have to keep doing that. That's just an identity. That's just a role that I'm playing. And that helps me to, you can have the self-love and self-compassion because again, you didn't realize you were doing it. Once you do know you're doing it, it becomes a choice. And then it's like, I get to choose not to go down that road, not to 
have that identity. And when you start seeing that it's all mix and match and choose and who do I want to be and I get to decide and it's all up to me, it is, it's this ultimate self-authority, responsibility, autonomy, freedom. Um, and it's fun. And it's like, oh, I'm, I'm not who I have been. I'm who I decide to be now. I'm not what's happened to me. I'm who I decide to be now. And that's like, when it comes to trauma healing and healing your conflicts, you get to shed the skin of the old you. You have to, you must shed the skin and bury the, the version of yourself that's all wrapped up in conflict and having this problem and is identified with her symptoms and identified with not getting what she wants because she's limited by her health challenges. And it's like, no, I have to you know, realize that that's who I was. And that that's not who I am now. And that is part of that journey of getting out of the conflict and into back into your normal homeostasis and rhythm. And it is about consciously choosing who you want to be and how you want to experience the things that have happened to you. Like even the childhood stuff. If I think that because I had a certain childhood, I, there's nothing I can do about my problems, about the way that I am. My parents effed me up. They didn't take care of me. They abandoned me. Now I have these problems, you know, no, you, you can heal that. Those, those, you know, you can reparent yourself. You can go through all sorts of inner exercises to be what you didn't have then and show and kind of usher yourself into this new and different life. And it's, it's beautiful. And all, I mean, so many people are doing all sorts of different techniques and modality, like find what works, find what's fun to you. <laughs> it's like, I like what, what we do. Cause this is how I, how I got out of it. That's, that's why we teach awareness school. That's what I do in my coaching. It's like, this is what's worked for me. This is how I like to think about it. All of the resolve courses, this is how we like to think about it. This is how we unravel these particular problems. It might not be the right flavor for you. It might not be the right, you know, something, but it might be, you know, so that's where I encourage people to experiment, see what resonates, find, let your intuition lead you to something. If what we talk about, what, you know, in our videos resonates with you, it's like, okay, watch them. <laughs> this is, this is good for you. This is a, a tool, a nugget, something to help you on your journey. Um, but there's no like right, wrong, way to do this. And so just kind of giving yourself that permission of, oh God, I have to learn all of this and I have to, you know, there's no, like, you know, this intuitively, like your, your biology knows it. And so it's kind of allowing yourself to access that deep wisdom that you already have and let your intuition lead you to the little pieces that are going to help you to, you know, kind of accelerate that journey or get free from things that you have found sticky. Yeah. And that's, I feel like from my experience, just, you know, as an observer, people get really stuck in their identity like identities of like who they were how they were and there can be that like imposter syndrome popping up all the time for people I think where they're like oh I want to do this work or I want to like grow into this but you know I'm it, I'm uncomfortable I don't really I feel like people are going to look at me I mean obviously there's just a lot of work to do if you're worried about how everyone's going to perceive you but still I think a lot of people are intuitively wanting to go toward this this like guidance this like self-awareness and 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 like shifting you know we are meant to grow continue growing and shedding um but there does seem to be a lot of hesitation for people I think around like how that looks you know how they're how they're how other people are perceiving them um yeah yeah. Just look at the story. It's like, how, what, how do I want this to go? Like decide, decide, you know, play, give yourself permission. I, I have permission to screw up. I have permission to, to try things and for those things to not work and not, you know, it's like, you have to have this ability to freestyle because when you're too rigid, when you're too kind of like, it has to look this way and people, you know, that's controlling. If you need people to see you in a certain way, but if you, I need you to see me as an expert or an authority or this or that, that's a lot of pressure and that creates a lot of conflict. So, you know, like I, we have to release those things. You have to notice how is this making me feel? How is my biology responding to this? You know, if it's creating more tension, it's not the right path. It's like, what's the way that you can, you know, relax into this and to, you know, feel good about what you're doing and, you know, how you're pivoting. A lot of people have to pivot right now. When you come across GNM, GHK, you have to like pivot. If you were doing, you know, your practice in one way, if you're like, holistic health coach or, you know, homeopathy, you're doing this. It's like, oh, I have to change a lot of what I'm doing. A lot of the language that I'm using, a lot of the way that I'm, you know, teaching, um, 
that's okay. Like you, you can do that. I'm, I really, I'm impressed. And I love when people, um, you know, kind of we're all on one bandwagon, all on nutrition or all on, you know, detox or this or that. And they're like, Hey, then I learned, you know, this, this work. And now how I do things has changed. So you got to give yourself that permission to, to pivot, to do something different, to have new information. You know, if you have a lot of your identity built up and I'm the, I'm the detox queen of the world. And now you're like, Oh, detox, maybe that's not, maybe I need to like kind of get into this conflict resolution stuff because, you know, um, that's fine. Like you, you have to have permission to do, to, to be on the journey so that you can tell your story. You just have to follow what works, you know? So chill, chill. That's, that's my, my approach is I call it chill therapy. It's like, how do we just chill about the things, all the things that are creating stress and tension and problem and conflict and find a relaxed, okay way to get through this. Cause there, you know, there is a path that will get you there and you just have to be creative and playful and have fun with it. Yeah. You guys talk a lot about this in your videos about, um, and I, I love this, like, and especially in the beginning, just being the observer, like not even labeling it good or bad or trying to change it right away, but just bringing aware, you know, once again, the awareness, bringing awareness. So oh, thank you so much. Okay. So this is what I suggest to anyone listening. If German new medicine is like, if this is all appealing to you, go to Dr. Melissa Sell's YouTube page, subscribe to it. There's just so much good content. Your telegram channel has lots of great content. Um, your Instagram and, and then yes. Yeah, so you and your partner have this awareness school. I feel like so many people could use this. It's, it's brilliant. I love, um, the lives you guys do. There's just like so much great information there. The two play such a beautiful role and I'm glad you're speaking on the German new medicine. And then you guys are talking about all the self-awareness stuff. It's just lots of like gorgeous nourishing content that I really want to push people toward because this is like, this is what's changing the world in like such a beautiful way right now. Well, thank you so much. We, yeah, I really enjoy it. It's like, it's so fun, you know, to work with Steve and do like the deep awareness work and help people to make those connections. And then I love the biology piece. I love talking about, you know, how the body works. I have the language of adaptation class. If like, you just want to talk about this every week is, you know, how can I understand and apply this and hear people's stories? Um, so that's another way to get involved, but yeah, just kind of, yeah, the YouTube channel is a great place to start. Cause there's a lot of lot, you can get a, a lot from that just by checking it out. So everything, all of your hand, <clears throat> handles are at Dr. Melissa Sell. Okay, yeah. well, I'll put that in the note in the show notes for the episode then. Perfect. Well, this was great. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for having, for coming on. It was, this was just like such a beautiful conversation and I really appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. It was great. Awesome.